Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fights, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters Stay under the salary cap and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So how do you get into the game? Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code TBPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code TBPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Folks, I'm back. Jason Jones, your latest episode of the Ruler of the Court podcast, and the inevitable has happened. We all knew it was coming. It's a matter of not of if, but when, but Thursday night, your Sacramento Kings, or maybe just the Sacramento Kings, if you're not a Kings fan, but you just happen to be listening, <laughs> were officially eliminated from playoff, or in this case, play-in contention. For the 116-110 loss at Memphis. And that makes it official. 15 straight years of missing the playoffs. The Kings have tied the Clippers franchise. Who missed the playoffs from 1976 to 1991. Um, that's at 15 straight years. That's uh, losing over three decades. Which the Kings have managed to do as well. And... Man, yeah. <laughs> like I said, we knew this day was coming. It was just not a matter of if, but when. Especially when you look at the the roster situation. Every day, it seemed like there was going to be a new guy out. Uh, they lost Rashawn Holmes in the first half of uh, Thursday's game. So you're talking about, of your core starters, the guys who started most of the games this season, 
five of the six did not did not play or did not finish that game. No De'Aaron Fox. No Harrison Barnes. No Tyrese Halliburton. No Rashawn Holmes. No Marvin Bagley. So sure, well, shout out to Buddy Hill for still getting out there on the bad ankle, not sitting out, not just content to play this thing out and chill. Still wanting to go out there and make some things happen. So shout out to Buddy for that, I suppose. But yeah, here's where we are now. They said 15 straight seasons, no postseason. I can go ahead and, not that I wasn't planning on being off next week anyway, but I can officially be like, I'll be off. Yeah. And it was going to take a miracle for the Kings to get in. They needed the Spurs to lose every game. The Kings needed to win every game. And just with the injuries and whatnot, the odds of that happening were slim. I mean, but damn it, it was they they hung in there longer than I thought they would. I think uh, no, very possible the Spurs will were going to lose their last couple of games. They've got Phoenix and two must-win games. The Kings, however, are also facing a Memphis team that needs that, that really wants and needs to win to avoid finishing ninth in the West. Because if you finish ninth, that means you lose that first playing game. You're done. You finish eighth, you get one more chance to get in if you lose the first game. So Memphis uh, finished that game on a 12-hole run. The Kings did well, to, in my opinion, to even be in that game. I mean, if you would have told me, hell, even a week ago, you'd need 31 points from Justin James. You know, it's a career high, you know, a career high 31 points. Shout out to him. But that you're going to need 31 points from Justin James, in essentially a must-win game, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, they're they're done. But they hung in there best as they could. But now we can begin to officially, uh, well, not that we weren't doing this already, but officially look at, look ahead and talk a little bit about the future. Um, think about what's going on with this team now going forward as they wrap up the season Friday night in Memphis. Sunday at home hosting the Utah Jazz. And then off to the offseason. At this point now, I'd be surprised if De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, any of those guys who were injured came back and played this season. I would really be surprised. There's really no point in bringing any of them back unless you want them to play in the last home game to say bye to the fans. But even then, I see no reason to do that. Second straight season that De'Aaron's going to finish the season, you know, injured. You know, once he, once the Kings were done in the bubble last season, they pretty much shut him down and said no reason to get him out there unless he really, really, really wants to play. And even then, I think the Kings will hold him out, let DeLon Wright finish this thing out running the team. So, let's just look at the big picture and... Just kind of, I want to ask everyone, you know, what you think about this. Uh, you know, is is the is the you know is this you know? I'm trying to think of how best way to put this. Is this bleak? Like how bleak? You know, if you're a Kings fan, uh, NBA NBA observer, just how bleak is Sacramento's future to you? Just you look at this and go, damn, there's no way it's over. 
this is going to be a rough ride going forward. Where is your head at if you're a Kings fan? Curious. Personally, I don't think it's as bleak as some people would want to make it out to be. Uh, Sometimes when I peruse and look at some of the social media comments, I would swear this team, you know, was 10 years off from being a playoff team. I don't think they're... Are they a playoff team next year? I don't know. But they're a lot closer than they were, in my opinion, they were two years ago. Yes, I knew they, I know they finished ninth two years ago in the West, but that team had no damn chance of making the playoffs. That team was not going to get in the playoffs. Team finished like, what, nine games out of eight? That's not close, folks. So I know people want to romanticize that season and say, oh, we were so close to turning it around. No, you weren't. It was not close. Had a great start, flamed out at the end. No, it wasn't close. This season, it's simply put, this this season was lost basically in a month. And I say a month because they had two nine-game losing streaks. Basically a month of losing. You win four of those games? Six of them? The Kings are playing next week. But they didn't, so here we are. That's why I say, especially if this playing uh, scenario stays in, they're much closer than they were two years ago. Much closer. Still not guaranteeing or predicting anything, but it's hard to deny that this team is closer. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, then again, you know, my opinion is not based on hating the coach or the organization. I just, as an observer, I think they're closer. Even if that means they're not... You know, gonna necessarily do it next season. To me, they are a closer. They are closer and moving in the right direction. And I'll lay out some reasons why I think the team is closer to that ending that streak. And if they can, you know, get their next season, not set a new record for missing the playoffs. <laughs> Damn, sixteen years. Yes, it's a long time. A lot's changed since then, you know, 50, man, no, I already detailed a little bit last week where I went through all the songs that were hot the last time the Kings made the playoffs, so much has changed in 15 years, so, but one reason I think that the um, team is closer is I don't see the fractures with between coaching staff and the locker room that have kind of defined this, the last, you know, 10, 15, whatever many years. You know, even going back to that 2019 season, you you had a bunch of guys in that locker room who did not like their head coach, and that was that was undeniable. You know, if you were around, you know, even some of the comments the players made on the record about their relationship with Dave Yeager made it pretty clear that it probably wasn't going to work with those guys long term. Never mind that uh, Yeager's relationship with the front office wasn't great either but one I think that's going to be key for them going into next season secondly Luke Walton that staff has the ear of the important players uh, Fox Harrison Tyrese and I think even Buddy you know is in with the group even though you know he was clearly unhappy a year ago never publicly wanted to trade but we all know Buddy would have been happy to get out of Sacramento after he had been benched. 
so that's uh that's a big thing you know there's there's going there 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 appears to be a a great working relationship between players and coaches and not that and not that i think that these players have earned the right to pick their coach but i do think the relationship matters in this case for continuity's sake and just see you know can this group finish the job that it started and but you know all that stuff doesn't matter if (laughs) monty mcnair doesn't agree and he wants to go his own direction I've heard nothing that indicated that Monty will go a different direction. Of course, that all can change. We've seen it happen before. Shoot, less than a year ago, after the bubble, I'm thinking Vlade Divac is going to get a chance to go ahead and continue implementing his vision for the future. Boom, he's gone. So we never know what will happen. But I do know that Luke and um, Monty have a good working relationship that's developed over the course of the season. I mean, I think everyone's acknowledged, even publicly, that it's, it's, it's kind of it's awkward when a new GM comes in and he inherits a coach. But it seems they have made this thing work. I think the deals at the deadline were designed to help Luke. Uh, I, don't, I think the deals happened too late to get him in the playoffs. I think they needed help maybe a month earlier. Maybe, you know, if you get that help earlier, maybe that first nine-game skid is the only nine-game skid of the season, and you're in the plan. But I do think that overall, things seem to be trending in the right direction. Again, I don't I don't know if that means the playoffs right away next season, but I do. You can see an upward trend toward something that might be working in the Kings' favor in the relatively near future. Just be prepared if the near future means they miss the playoffs again next season. Just warning you, throwing that out there. Uh, next thing I want to touch on too was uh, actually was uh, kind of ties into why I think that the team is trending in the right direction, even if it's incrementally. As uh, Shemezi Metu, he had a career high seventeen points last night. You know, I know the team that he could shoot. He out there making, he made four threes. Means, you know, shooting the rock from the perimeter. And one thing he said was, the 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 a reason you had. I mean, the fourth quarter they were playing Lewis King, who they just signed on, on a two way deal. Literally just got to the team last week. They're playing Chemezi. You're playing Justin James. You're playing guys who really hadn't played most of the year or weren't playing a lot, you know, you know, it's in the case that Lewis King wasn't even on the team till last week. You're playing these guys in a game that you essentially have to win to keep your hopes alive. And one thing Mezzi said was, it's a really a tribute to the uh, development staff that has kept those guys ready to go. Justin James talked about the 100 club. I, I, might, I might be saying it wrong, but basically, you know, amongst those guys... You can't leave the court team make a hundred threes, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And that's an uh, sometimes overlooked part of, of building a team, but it's so important. Uh, Rico Hines, you know, assistant coach, he's the head of the of the of, of the player development. He's got some good people working with him on, on you know, as far you know, Stacey Augman, 
Akachi, you know, you know Lindsey Hart. People, a lot of people who work with him in addition to their usual coaching responsibilities. You know, you, if you were in this stadium this year, those are, you know, you, if you cut, if you get there early, those are the coaches who you see pregame working guys out. You know, guys like Bobby Jackson getting on the court with those guys, putting them through the paces, getting them ready for games. And that group is so important for moments, you know, yeah, it didn't pay off this season, but you got to get, you got to, you know, if, if you're the Kings, especially a team that's not just going to go out and just say pluck veteran help off the free agent market generally, you know, especially not, it's not top tier help. You got to be able to groom, develop and grow young players. And as it was probably my favorite thing that George Carl used to say when he was coaching, he said, you got to make a player. You got to get a guy who maybe has some raw talent, some ability, something you see in him, and make him into a rotation player. Enrico, and, you know, those guys are doing that. And that, to me, that's one reason why I think as this team is being built out, there's reason to be optimistic. Uh, this has been a, a player development, should I say, has been an area of struggle. For the Kings, for, for I mean, honestly, for for quite a while, it's not exactly what they've done well, <laughs> you know, to say the least. You, you know, you could say some of it is uh, they just haven't drafted well, but also I don't think they've done the the best job of taking the players they've drafted and turning them into you know solid or improving them enough to help let them be contributors in the NBA. My best example of this is Ben McLemore. Seventh overall pick in the 2013 draft. You know, know, maybe Ben was not destined to be a superstar, but Sacramento's handling of him was an example of what happens when player development sucks. Uh, Ben was making him, you know, from my point of view, great strides with Michael Malone and his staff as a rookie. Getting him ready to be the guy who would be that, you know, that uh, two guard the team had been looking for. And then, basically, the Kings ruined his development in Sacramento. That's what they ruined it. Why? Not only did you fire Michael Malone. And when Michael Malone was fired in 2014, it wasn't just, you know, assistant coach Chris Gent, who had worked closely with Ben and was helping Ben make serious improvement in his game. You know, you could see the, you could see the progress. He was gone as well in that part of that deal. So Chris Gent's gone, so is um Michael Malone. And just from where I sit, I don't think Ben McLemore's development in Sacramento ever recovered. Now you're watching him make threes for the Lakers coming off the bench and Ben clearly is a is an NBA player, but he bounced around and had to overcome the the deficit of being a king because whatever reason, you know, all the reasons that we've known and talked about with you know the Malone situation or just the insta more actually more broadly speaking to the instability it just you no know, messed with him, and you saw it year after year after year. You know, you know, with uh, was Will, is Willie Cauley Stein talented? Yes. Did he get a whole lot better in Sacramento? Yeah, nah. 
you know, you know, now he's, you know, he's gone, you know, he's not starting in Dallas, but, you know, imagine if you had a, a guy like Rico working with Willie from day one, might Willie be your, you know, maybe that's a first round pick who becomes your starting center for 10, 12 years. We'll never know. But I do know that what this group has done with, you know, what, what they have with, with some of those guys like a Justin James having him ready to contribute. Uh, how Mezzi comes in as a two-way guy, ends up having to start games, but he, continue, but he continues to look better every time you see him. You know, I do. That is a credit to what the the work they do, and it's the reason that if you are a Kings fan, you should be hopeful, at the very least, hopeful about what they can do with this next draft pick. It'll be another lottery pick. Maybe the basketball gods will bless the Kings and move them up higher in the lottery, and they can you know, get a top five type talent. Even not, even if they don't, I if I'm a Kings fan, I trust that development staff and. How closely they work with Luke Walton and 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 staff, and how everyone's really synced together. I trust that the work they're doing can and will improve whoever it is they bring in. And sign up before I move on. Uh, <laughs> saw this on my timeline about how essentially Rico was great, but fire Luke. Um, that's kind of confusing to me because, well, well, I get it. Just hate Luke Walton, but I don't know what Luke ever did to some of y'all. But the thing is, is that if you've been around this staff, this staff really is in sync and they really do work well together. So to give, say, Rico credit and to give Luke none is kind of idiotic. Makes no sense. I don't get it, but hey. Well, who do I know? I'm just here to talk to you all about whatever's going on in King's World. So, got two more, you know, enough of that, though. Got two more games. Friday night at Memphis. Sunday in Sacramento against Utah. Uh, the Kings, with one more win, will, if they can win one of the next two games, will surpass last season's win total. And... Right now, Luke Walton's win percentage as a Kings coach is about 43.5-44%. That's still the second best win percentage in sac- among Sacramento coaches in the, la- in, in the 36 years the team has been in Sacramento. Which is part sad, but part insane to think that for all the crap the staff and coaches and staff has gotten... They still have won overall at a better rate than everyone except Rick Adelman. So, you know, maybe that'll be the, the, the spark that'll get this team into the playoffs next season. We'll see. You know, player development, again, will be key. The kind of offseason De'Aaron Fox has, you know, does he come back and shoot 78 to 80% on his free throws the entire season? How much stronger or better is Tyrese Halliburton? Is Buddy Hill, who showed off this ability to create off the dribble and do some different things, does he bring that back next season? Is Rashawn Holmes back as a free agent to do the Kings? Uh, maybe can't afford him, don't want to afford him. You know, what do you do? You know, I'm assuming Marvin Bagley the third is back, but do they get an offer that blows them away from from Marvin? They want to move him. A lot to you know, a lot of things to wonder about. But you know, barring anything crazy, most of this team will be back next season. 
trying to avoid 16 years a playoff last team. Okay, and we'll see. But two more games, and then we're on to the next. And now we get to move on to... Well, I probably need some real transition music for that part. That sounded terrible, but what the hell? Time to talk some music. Uh, I checked out the new J. Cole, and I love it. I ain't gonna front. And I'm a Cole fan. Am I the biggest J. Cole fan in the world? No. I'm definitely more of a, you know, I like Cole, but I'm a much bigger fan of, say, Kendrick Lamar. But... I, I I think J. Cole did the damn thing with this album. Uh the off season. How appropriate that he drops the off season as I prepare for the off season, but okay. But it's just funny reading the reactions to it. And there's clearly some of some of you out there who just don't like J. Cole and and just we're gonna hate on this no matter what. I mean, some of the reactions, I'm like, my God, it was not bad, and they're just like, you know, they were making it sound like, oh my God, he ain't, you know, what was one of my favorite comments is still ain't had a good album since Forest Hill Drive. Okay, I disagree. The off season is a good album, I think. I, I you know, my favorite track is the last track. You know. It just hit me, maybe because it's, you know, Hunger on Hillside. Maybe because it's one of those reflective things. I'd be in a reflective mood a lot, just sitting back thinking about things. And that track hit me. I was like, okay, I like this, you know. And, again, I'm not the big, you know, the biggest J. Cole fan. I'm a fan, but not, you know, I'd be lying to say I'm like, I can go line for line on J. Cole songs. But I found this to be a very enjoyable album. I, I liked it top to bottom. There's nothing I'm skipping on here. I still hate the fact that nowadays an album is like 39, 40 minutes. That's just a old head complaint, I suppose. I still hate that, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, I could have had, you know, another 10, 15, 10, 15 minutes of this album and been completely happy with it. You know, I know the album just came out, you know, it's on the West Coast, came out Thursday night. I'm not going to spoil all of it for you if you haven't heard it all. So, you, I want to give everybody a chance to check it out. You know, hit me on social, uh, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter, Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram. Let me know your thoughts on this new J. Cole on the offseason as we prepare for the offseason. And just give me your, you know, like I said, your thoughts, what you like, what you don't like. I'm just interested in what you all have to say about this new project by J. Cole. Again, I like it. I'm going to listen to it a few more times. It'll be what I listen to while I work out, go for my run. It's about a, what, 39, about 39 minutes. That's enough time to get more than three miles in, you know, on my run by the marina out here in the bay. Oh yeah, I don't live in. I can't tell me I actually live in the Bay. It's the northern part of the Bay, but it's still considered the Bay. So, you know, I'll you know listen to it a few times. Maybe come back for the more maybe a track by track assessment. Jot some notes down about what I do like, don't like. 
but yeah, you, uh, you definitely got to check this out. The off season, J Cole album of the year. Well, it is at this point, you know, to me, I can't think of another album that's come out this year where I'm like, I got to keep playing this. And this is my, now my on repeat album. And what else is out? Um, uh, apparently Nicki Minaj has blessed us with some music. Uh, I'll check that out as well. You know, I think, um, lyrically and just, you know, flow delivery, Nicki's, you know, top notch when she's on her game. So I will definitely check that out as well. Uh, as I get ready, you know, I usually listen to most of my new music while I'm working out. So I'll slide the, um, beam me up Scotty into my, uh, into my workout plans see what's going on with that and let me know if i'm missing anything else out there new that i should be listening to usually my homie logan murdoch puts me up on music i've, I've been listening to, uh, he put me on larry june i'm checking that out a little bit getting caught up on him you know i'm in my 40s now so i'm kind of at that age where i get stuck in my ways musically i like what i like i'm not really trying to expand my musical palette you know sometime but i'm always open to good stuff let me know what's good out there. Let me know what I'm missing, not missing. Keep, please don't let me be the old dude who just don't know what's going on. Keep me somewhat, you know, I may not be able to keep up with every, all the youngsters, but I do want to know what's good out there. So, I think that about does it for me today. I think we've had a good, nice chat. I've tried to be fair and balanced when it comes to the King's assessment. You know... I try not to use Twitter as the gauge for what's going on because you listen to you know a lot of fans. You would think the Kings are, have won eight games this season and this is the worst team ever. Or you would think this team is super talented and was supposed to be in the NBA Finals and they were held back by a, you know, a lack of coaching or a terrible GM who didn't do enough. Be easy, people. Be easy. You know, calm down. Let's try to be realistic about what's going on here. And understand that I know it's been 15 years, but you don't fix 15 years of losing in one or two years. You know, and that was 15, you know. Might take another year or two. And But who am I to tell you to be patient? You know, your fans, you're going to be pissed off. You're really sick of this. <laughs> and I understand. So I'll be back next week, you know, to put in, you know, another bow on the 2020-21 season, which has been a very unique season to say the least. COVID, you know, I didn't go to one road game this season watching all these games on TV. It's definitely been a unique experience. Um, so that's really all I got for you all this week. Like, again, you know where to find me. Twitter, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Instagram, Mr. Jones LBC. Thank you to the good folks at the Basketball Podcast Network for giving me the platform to chat with you all. I look forward to catching up with you next week. You know, as we get ready for the off season, the lottery, free agency. Got a lot going on down the road, so it's going to be coming at you fast, so get ready. You all be good out there. You all be safe. I will talk to you later. I'm out.